الحمد لله الحمد لله وكفى والصلاه والسلام على عباده الذين اصطفى اما بعد فاعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم قل ان كنتم تحبون الله فاتبعوني يحببكم الله ويغفر لكم ذنوبكم والله غفور رحيم وقال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم طوبى لمن جعله الله مفتاحا للخير مغلاقا للشر او كما قال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم most respected students of deen mothers and sisters this dunya is a place of challenge there are all kinds of tests all kinds of trials all kinds of challenges various things that keep happening from time to time but the only issue is that how we approach these challenges challenges are of every kind for somebody the challenge is in the form of wealth some not having anything and some by having too much those who don't have it and are suffering poverty they don't have anything to eat for the day they are also in a test that's a challenge for them and there are those who have too much that is a test for them and that is also a challenge and it's a bigger challenge than the first because when a person has too much and does not have a direction does not have the correct heart with it does not have the consciousness of allah taala does not have the consciousness of akhirat does not remember that this is an amanat and a trust from allah taala then the person starts using that wealth to earn jahannam the person starts using that wealth in a way that will drag him towards the fire of jahannam and will even make dunya a place of jahannam for him that the way he will use it will destroy his dunya also will destroy his akhirat allah forbid so that became a very big challenge so for some it is a challenge in one way for some in another way dunya is a place of challenge some are challenged and tested in terms of health some are challenged in terms of their issues in life for somebody it will it will be how they are treated perhaps by others for someone it will be maybe in the form of oppression on a state level how many of our brothers and sisters in various parts of the world are being oppressed severely by rulers and governments that are oppressive allah taala give them all relief so there are various ways in which people are tested then there are tests and trials in terms of a person's deen in the form of the various deviated and wrong beliefs that are being put out there people are being attracted to the wrong things in a very very deceptive way the outer covering is very very glam- glamorous 
the slogans are very catchy people will be called in the name of Quran and Sunnah in the name of Quran and following the Quran and Hadith following the Quran and Sunnah so the title the, the phrase that is being used the slogan who can have any argument with that that is 100% correct that we have to follow the Quran and Sunnah but behind that slogan person will be called towards all kinds of deviated things person will be called to things that will corrupt his iman to things that will corrupt his deen that will lead him astray now many people fall into these traps and they become confused for example this is just one example of the cuff that from time to time now these are things that people get asked about maybe in some family function in some place that now people are meeting one another some friends some family people now you get somebody with these bright ideas so now somebody is asking the question what are you so you say what am I I'm an insan he says no no what I mean is that what are you are you a Muslim or a Hanafi now what a question now are you a Muslim or a Hanafi as if to say that if a person is a Hanafi, he is not a Muslim. Because you can only be one of the two. So, now it's a very confusing situation, very confusing question. That now what do you mean by are you a Muslim or a Hanafi? He says, no, well, what do you follow? Do you follow the Quran and Sunnah or do you follow Imam Abu Hanifa? So again now, this is the deception and the deliberate confusion that is trying to be put into the mind of a person that you can be following either the Quran and Sunnah or Imam Abu Hanifa. So if you're following this, you're following the Quran and Sunnah, then you can't be following him. And if you're following him, then you can't be then you are not following the Quran and Sunnah. So now this is all the confusion and the deception that people are being put into to get them to some kind of line to some way which is far away from the true path. Now for example, just take the same aspect that was discussed now, this question, that somebody asked this question, are you a Muslim or a Hanafi? So now this question is like somebody asking you, are you a South African or a person from Durban? As they call us in Johannesburg and so on, they say the Durbanites. So now, are you a South African or a Durbanite? A person says, but what is the difference now? Does it mean that if you are a South African, then you cannot be a person from Durban? Or if you say you are a Durbanite, then you are not a South African? So this question itself is wrong. You will ask a person, are you a South African or a Pakistani for that matter? This is an example. Are you a South African or an American, a South African, or somebody from, or you're a Nigerian. Now this makes sense, because these are two separate countries. So now when you're talking on an international level, so you'll ask, are you a South African, or are you a Indian, or Pakistani, or Nigerian, or Ethiopian, or whatever. But now when you're talking about in South Africa, then you'll ask, are you somebody who is from Gauteng or from KZ Kwazulu Natal because now you are talking on a provincial level or you are talking about in Natal that you say are you from 
Durban or you're from Newcastle. Now this makes sense. So if you're talking on a mazhab level, then you'll ask, are you a Hanafi or a Shafi'i? And if you're talking on a religion level, then somebody will be asking actually, is this person a Muslim or is he a Christian? Now that makes sense because he can be either a Muslim or a Christian, meaning he can be either a Muslim or not a Muslim. He can't be both. But he can be a Muslim and somebody who is linked to Imam Abu Hanifa in the sense that he has learned what the Quran and Sunnah have transmitted to us via Imam Abu Hanifa. So therefore he is calling himself a Hanafi that he is following Imam Abu Hanifa as somebody who is an expert in the Quran and Sunnah and who has given him that guidance and direction of what is in the Quran and Sunnah. So now what is the contradiction in this? But you will get these people talking in this fashion. Now this is just meant to deliberately confuse. Just deliberately confuse a person who doesn't know better so that the person now gets trapped in this stupid question and now he thinks, well, if I am calling myself a Hanafi, then Nawazubillah, I am not a Muslim. Oh, Nawazubillah, I am not following Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. So this is just deliberate confusion. So now for many people, these kind of challenges come about. Challenges in their deen. Now you get people giving these kind of things to just trap a person into abandoning the following of the imams. So you mustn't follow Imam Abu Hanifa, mustn't follow Imam Shafi, Imam Malik, Imam Ahmad ibn Hanbal. Don't follow these people. Who must you follow? Now these people, they are not good enough to follow. You must follow somebody of this time and age. You must follow this scholar. They say, no, no, we're not telling you to follow this scholar. You must follow the Quran and Sunnah. But are you in a position to understand all the details of the Quran and Sunnah directly? Are you in that position to open the books of Hadith and understand all the Ahadith in their proper context? Do you know what is Nasikh and Mansukh? Which Hadith abrogated and cancelled a previous Hadith? Do you know which is Aam and which is Khas, which is general in its application and which is specific? Now these are all terminologies. Now people don't even know what the terminologies are. They only learned one word, Da'if. You quote any hadith to them, is da'if. You ask the person, what is the meaning of da'if? So he says he's weak. So what does it mean to be weak? Does it mean weak that he's now got a flu? Maybe didn't eat, that hadith didn't eat for many days, so now he's weak? So he says, no, that doesn't, so what does it mean? Now he doesn't know beyond that. All he knows is da'if, da'if means weak. Now what does it mean weak? So now the next best answer he can give you is, is not authentic. But that is the biggest misconception that people are walking around with. Because they don't know anything. They are ignorant. And in that ignorance, now they make these kind of statements that da'if means unauthentic. Whereas da'if has numerous categories. Imam Bukhari wrote Bukhari Sharif. He meaning compiled Bukhari Sharif. He compiled Bukhari Sharif as a compilation of all Sahih Ahadis. Sahih of the highest category he compiled in Bukhari Sharif. Imam Bukhari 
also wrote another book which is very widely used in the Arab world in anywhere. Any person who has some kind of link with knowledge of hadith, he knows this book, he's read it, he's seen it, he's probably studied it, there are commentaries written upon it. That is the book known as Al-Adabul Mufrad. And this is translated in English as well, Manners in Islam, with a commentary of it. So Al-Adabul Mufrad is a compilation that has hundreds, maybe thousands of ahadith that are in the category of da'if. So what did Imam Bukhari write this book for? This book has been written for the sake of people practicing upon it because it is filled with riwayat and ahadith with the various virtues, with various aspects that are mentioned in there to give people encouragement towards doing amal and the right adab and etiquette etc. So what did he compile this book for? For people to not make amal. There's all the riwayat there. But the muhaddisin have explained that one is something that is on the category of a command of shariat of halal and haram that this is haram or that is an injunction, it is farz then now that requires a hadith of a certain category that requires a hadith to prove that of a category that is sahih but there are those aspects that are linked to targheeb and targheeb, encouragement towards doing good amal and warnings against wrong actions now there the category of da'if also would be good enough. Now this is a very deep science on its own. Now somebody who doesn't know the basics wants to start getting dealt deep into this, dive into the ocean of this science, he's going to drown. He doesn't, hasn't learned how to swim yet and he wants to dive in the deep end. So what will happen to such a person? In order to dive in the deep end and right in the middle of the ocean, forget he must know how to swim, he must be a lifesaver then he will be able to swim out of that. Because deep in the ocean, just an ordinary swimmer also can't swim good enough there. He'll get tired after a while and then he'll start drowning. You need to be a lifesaver and need to be an expert and need to be somebody who has super strength. So these imams are people who have super strength, super expertise in the knowledge of hadith, in the knowledge of fiqh, in the knowledge of all the sciences of deen. They had deep knowledge of the Qur'an Sharif, of Tafsir, of all the commentaries, and all the things that need to be understood, then in the light of that knowledge, they extracted the Masail of Deen, and they presented it to us on the plate. Now somebody who doesn't have an, any idea of all these sciences, and he wants to become an expert, it's like a person who, because he, now his father gave him a knife, one pen knife. So now, he decided that he, his father is a surgeon. And the father gave him one pen knife. So he decided he also wants to start performing surgery now. So somebody told him that now I got one problem, now there's some pain in my stomach. So he said, don't worry, I'll cut you up. I'll sort it out. My father does this every day. So I can do it too. So, what he'll cut up somebody, he'll send him, he'll 
relieve that person of his pain immediately and forever in dunya because that person won't be living in dunya anymore he'll be gone in the qabr so that is this kind of surgeon so nowadays the so called mujtahids of the time too are the same surgeons of this nature that they are making surgery on people's iman and taking them to deviation so the point here is that we need to be very very careful about all this we need to be conscious about the things that are going on around us in order to save ourselves from these deviations and not get caught up in these challenges against our iman in these challenges against our deen we need to remain steadfast on iman and deen so in all this what is a very important thing that we remain in the line of deen by taking advice by taking direction by taking guidance from those who have expert knowledge from those who have gone through the path they have seen the ups and downs and who generally people the learned people of a community the learned people have trust and confidence in that person then inshallah we will be rightly guided inshallah we will reach our destination safely but any fly by night any person who just suddenly out of the blue is making some big comments big claims we don't know where we're heading we could be on the right track too and we could be far off the track we have no idea it's a chance but somebody who is now over time the learned people of the community have generally expressed their confidence about him he is somebody that is now his life has been in front we have seen his life we have heard about his life we have seen his track record in terms of deen etc etc so now that is a safe option and there are many many such people alhamdulillah available in almost every community so this is something that will take a person safely across so what we have to understand to start off with what we are discussing is that dunya is a place of tests and there are all kinds of tests happening all the time and we need to make sure we pass the tests and the way to pass the test is by taking guidance from the right sources by taking guidance and direction from the right people and inshallah this will take us safely across now this guidance and direction is required in every level it's required in terms of our deen in terms of iman itself our aqaid and beliefs it's required in terms of our muamalat and dealings many a times people do transactions they do deals and think they are doing the right thing but very often it is totally haram that deal is completely impermissible it is 100% interest the person doesn't know better he's calling it profit and he's saying it's everything fine whereas it's totally haram so we need guidance in our muamalat and our business deals our transactions we need guidance in our muasharat how to live our lives with people with those at home with those in our families with our neighbors and those at work and in all various spheres of life we need guidance in that regard also otherwise a person will conduct himself or herself in such a way that they will lose all their amal that salah that zakat that hajj that fasting whatever else good good deeds they did 
they lose it because of the way they conducted themselves in their mu'asharat. So now we need to learn about this. We need to take guidance. We need to ask about it. We need to ask about akhlaq. We need to find out. person is not conducting herself correctly in akhlaq, she will lose all her amal as well. And many a times, outwardly things seem very, very innocent. They seem to be not a problem, but they become major problems. Now just in the light of one hadith sharif that we recited, in fact this is the hadith that we meant to discuss, and up to now whatever the discussion was, was unplanned, Allah Ta'ala made this get said, so inshallah there is some benefit in it for somebody, Allah knows best who needed it now, many a time something is said, it is somebody's talab, somebody needed an answer, and Allah Ta'ala gives it in various ways, so this is somebody's talab inshallah, in any case, what the point was, we meant to discuss this hadith sharif of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Nabi sallallahu says, Tuba liman ja'alahu allahu miftahan lil khair, mighlaqan lil shar. That glad tidings be to that person, who Allah ta'ala has made a key to good, and has made the person a lock on evil. And then the opposite, destruction be to that person who has become the key to evil and has become a lock on good now what we need to consider firstly is that this is one is now somebody our parents or some friend or somebody tells us don't worry I got something good for you in store if you do this then I'm going to reward you now we are going to be able to fathom something on their level. Depending what, maybe they can give us 100 rand, somebody's parents might give 1000 rand, maybe somebody's parents might give them on phone or something, somebody might even buy them a car, Allah knows best. But it's all so limited, so material, that car, Allah Ta'ala forbid, in one round, I think the same first journey can get smashed up to, and is gone, can get hijacked, can get stolen. And sometimes it, nothing like that happens, but that car becomes a source of great misery for the person. Now that young person now, father bought him a car, but he doesn't know responsibility. He doesn't know now that I got a car now, because I got a car, I'll have many friends. And those friends will take me for a ride. Now he's driving, but they're taking him for a ride. And they take him for such a ride, Allah forbid sometimes it's a ride to Jahannam. Now that car became a vehicle to Jahannam for him. So now the parents thought they're rewarding him, but that reward turned out because he still doesn't hasn't learned responsibility. He doesn't have any kind of direction. His iman is not strong enough to save him from going to all the haram places with that car. The car became a big problem for him. But in any case now what we are talking about is that one is somebody's parents, somebody's grandfather, somebody else said, you know what, I'll give you something good. So he'll now imagine it on that level. But can we imagine Nabi Salaam is saying that somebody who does this, there's great good for him, glad tidings for him. That glad tidings is beyond our imagination. We can only think to a limited amount. Nabi Salaam, who has seen Jannat with his eyes, who has seen all the good of dunya, what is really good, he knows it via wahi, via the revelation from Allah Ta'ala. And he is saying, the person who conducts himself in what I am going to now say, then there's glad tidings for him. Great glad tidings. 
So we cannot imagine what good that is. We cannot imagine the barakat and blessings that will come as a result of this in dunya. And what unimaginable bounties will come in akhirat. We cannot imagine it. We cannot imagine what benefit it will bring to a person in cover. It is beyond our comprehension, beyond our imagination. How a person will benefit out of this on the day of Qiyamah. Beyond our comprehension, beyond our imagination. But, when a person will believe wholeheartedly in the words of Rasulullah and take it to heart and bring it to practice, bring it in his life, then he will experience what Nabi Islam has promised. Because the promise of Nabi Islam is a promise from Allah Ta'ala. And that is 100% haq, 100% truth. There will never be any kind of shortage in the, in the treasures of Allah Ta'ala, that Allah Ta'ala now cannot fulfill His promise, Na'uzubillah, that will certainly happen. Now what is the thing? Nabi Islam is saying, glad tidings to the one who Allah Ta'ala has made a key towards good and has made a lock on evil. Now how will a person become a key towards good? Very simple, we already have worked it out. Somebody becomes a key towards good by advising others towards good. Look, it's time for salah now. We should be performing our salah. It's time to be paying attention now to our lesson. So let's pay attention to the lesson. We have to respect our teachers. So let's respect the teachers. We shouldn't be doing things that are disrespectful. We should not be talking to our teachers in a disrespectful way. We should not be making statements and comments that are disrespectful. Now, that is good advice. Now, that is somebody being advised in a good way. Then, so that person who is giving this advice is becoming a key towards good. Then, a person becomes a key towards good by their good actions. One is somebody who was giving the advice. Another person didn't speak any word at that time. Now, they are in the family function. They are at home and there's a whole lot of people there, or wherever, whenever. And now it's salah time. So the person woke up, went and made wudu, and started performing their salah. They didn't say anything to anybody at that time because of whatever the reasons were. But they became the key to good by their action. Now others saw it, somebody would get inspired. Others maybe were planning to perform their salah. But now they were delaying it. And that's a bad thing to delay it. But now somebody woke up and somebody started going to perform the salah. So others got encouraged by it. They got inspired by it. They took the message from there. Now that became a key to good. So the person who did that became the key to good. Somebody is very respectful to their parents. So the other siblings, they always see this. Now this brother of ours, this sister of ours, always very respectful with our parents, with our grandparents, with our aunts, with our uncles, with others in the family, always very respectful. So now somewhere down the line, they take this lesson as well. They get encouraged, they get inspired, that we sometimes back answer our parents, we back answer our teachers, but look at her, she's always very respectful. She always talks in a very good way. So now that person who is conducting herself with respect has become a key to good. She's always very respectful with her teachers. She always talks in a respectful manner. Sometimes something might not be understood by her, 
So she asks in a good way. She asks in a respectful way. Not in a way that is rude. Not in a way that is abrupt. Not in a way that is disrespectful. Now she is conducting herself in a good way. She becomes the key to good for others. Because now somebody or the other will now also take the example from her and follow suit. So all this is now becoming the key to good. Then she saw somebody doing the wrong. So now she is encouraging the person, look, don't do this. So she's stopping the wrong in a good way, with good advice, good admonition. So she is becoming the lock on evil. So all this that she is doing, she is going to be rewarded in a way that is beyond imagination. Because this is the promise of Rasulullah sallallahu The tuba, glad tidings from Allah Ta'ala, for that person who is the key to good and who is the lock on evil. And the same thing now, the other way around. That destruction now. Can we imagine? One is now, our brother or sister, somebody is threatening us that you do this, I'm going to really sort you out. So now we'll say, what you can do? Try. What are you going to do? You try to sort me out, you'll get sorted out. So now because we don't even have any concern about them. And if the parents say it, now we still maybe a little bit concerned, but nowadays, that too is now like a faint thing. The parent now, Pichara parent is more worried. I try to get sort him out, I'll end up getting sorted out. Because that's what happens nowadays with parents also. They are so helpless in terms of the children. Because now if they now go to tell the children something, then there will be a big war at home. There will be a big drama. So now, this drama now, then the neighbors will start hearing the drama. And maybe they'll say that there's a show on for free, let's come and see what's going on. So now the parent also now just to avoid the drama and avoid the void home, now they'll have to just keep quiet because now this child will start threatening them just now. That's a very tragic thing. It's an extremely tragic thing. But that's unfortunately what goes on nowadays so often. So now somebody, the parents are threatening them. They give it some slight concern. Say, well, don't worry. I know how to get out of this. Or maybe somebody is really now have been threatened by some person who can really carry out his threat. So he still says, well, I can duck and dive out of this. But can we duck and dive out of, Allah forbid, any punishment, any difficulty that Allah Ta'ala decides to put upon us? Can we duck away from that? No, we cannot. Just that dunya is such a place where we don't, necessarily see how something has come, where it has come from, where this difficulty come from. So Nabi Islam is saying, destruction be to that person, Allah Ta'ala's destruction comes on that person, who has become a key to evil, and has become a lock on good. Now how does a person become the key to evil? Now the person is encouraging others towards wrong. Don't worry now, you can't become too much of a Sufi now. You need to now enjoy life a little bit. Come here, see what's going on the phone. Now the person is being encouraged towards haram. The person is being encouraged towards coming to the wrong places. Now the one who is giving such encouragement is becoming the key towards evil. Somebody wants to do the right thing, he's saying now, you're getting too overboard now. You can't become so serious and once in a while these things are not, not you don't mustn't do it often once in a while is alright we're becoming the lock on good or somebody conducts themselves in the wrong way 
Now somebody thinks now they are very, very smart. So now they back answered their parents. Now other children are watching this. They also now get the same wrong example. Or they're back answering the teachers. Or they're talking rudely and abruptly to the teacher. Maybe they didn't understand something. Maybe they didn't like something also. But they didn't like something. So there is a way to express that. But to inquire about it. But how they go about it? They would go about it in a very rude and abrupt way. Making all kinds of rude and abrupt comments. Uncalled for comments. Or disrespectful comments. Now, somebody did it. Somebody else saw it. And they also decided to follow suit. They also decided to start speaking in the same way. So the person who did it first became the key to evil. That person now is leading the way towards haram. Towards disrespect. Towards wrong conduct. That person has become the key to evil. Now one person saw it. He started doing it. The second person saw two people now. So these two people became the key to evil. Now the third person is doing the same thing. So now we don't realize it, how we start becoming the key to wrong, the key to evil, how we become the lock to good, and as a result, we now invite the wrath of Allah Ta'ala. We invite the difficulties, we invite the hardships, and the misery, and the torment and turmoil that comes. But this comes due to our own actions. So therefore, we need to be very, very vigilant in this regard. We need to be careful about what we are saying, what we are doing. Sometimes it might seem very innocent. It might seem like, what's the big deal? But there's a very, very big deal involved in it. There's a great deal of harm in it. And Allah forbid, sometimes it will throw us far out. Because especially in the line of ilm, in the line of acquiring the knowledge of deen, one of the most crucial aspects is adab. We've discussed this on many, many occasions. To the extent that a person will adopt adab, to that extent a person will benefit. And disrespect, be this is something that deprives a person and Allah forbid can totally throw a person out. How many times this has been witnessed, this has been experienced, that people due to disrespect became totally deprived, got thrown out. Allah Ta'ala protect us and save us. So what is the lesson in all this? We started off discussing that dunya is a challenge. Challenges will come in various ways. Tests will come. How we react to those challenges, how we react to those tests, this will make us or break us. One is we have to be careful, we don't get caught up in any traps. But the other is that sometimes in the reaction we become the key to evil. In the reaction we become the lock on good. And sometimes in the reaction we can become the key to good. That how we reacted in a positive way. How we reacted in a way that was respectful. How we reacted in a way that was in accordance to the Quran and Sunnah. Now that becomes a lesson for others. That look, these things happen in life, but we have to conduct ourselves correctly. We have to do the right thing. So now a person is making little bit sabr, got irritated over something, but is giving the right example, the person making sabr, is speaking still in a nice way, is not cutting ties, is not using wrong languages, not becoming nasty, not doing things that are 
Now just out of spite All these things are Wrong reactions And they become the key to evil Sometimes A person makes some comment One comment the person made But the effects of that wrong comment Created so much of problem That it created a whole Major turmoil Now the person who made the wrong comment Became the key to all that evil So we need to be careful About what we are saying How we are saying it What we are doing How we are going about our conduct Whether we are at home Whether we are in the madrasa Whether we are out in somebody else's Home Visiting somewhere Wherever we are, we are with family members But to always be vigilant about all these issues And to conduct ourselves in such a way That we always become the key towards good And the lock on evil And Allah Ta'ala protect us and save us That we ever become the lock on good And the key to evil Then that is a very very dangerous thing So Allah Ta'ala give us a tawfiq Allah Ta'ala enable us That at all times We remain conscious of Allah Ta'ala and we always are concerned that what I do, Allah Ta'ala must become happy with me. Allah Ta'ala is pleased with us, then we have everything. And Allah Ta'ala is displeased with us, no matter what we have, we have nothing. So all the time to be concerned that Allah Ta'ala must become pleased with me in all my actions, all my words, all my thoughts as well. To keep checking my intentions. What are my intentions? What are my thoughts? Is Allah Ta'ala happy with this? May Allah Tabarak wa Ta'ala give us all the tawfiq wa akhiru da'wana an alhamdulillahi rabbil alameen Allahumma laka alhamdu kulluhu wa laka shukru kulluhu Allahumma la nuhsi thana'an alayk anta kama athnayta ala nafsik Jazallahu anna nabiyyana muhammadan sallallahu alayhi wa sallama bima huwa ahlu Rabbana ghalamna anfusana wa illam takhfir lana wa tarhamna lanakunanna minal khasirin Rabbi khfir wa arham واعف وتكرم وتجاوز عما تعلم إنك أنت الأعز الأكرم ربنا توفنا مسلمين وألحقنا بالشهداء والصالحين غير خزايا ولا نداما ولا مفتونين اللهم إنا نسألك من خير ما سألك منه نبيك وحبيبك سيدنا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم ونعوذ بك من شر ما استعاذك منه نبيك وحبيبك سيدنا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم أنت المستعان وعليك البلاغ ولا حول ولا قوة إلا بالله العلي العظيم وصلى الله تعالى على خير خلقه سيدنا محمد وآله وصحابه جمعين والحمد لله رب العالمين